Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 52 of Casual Watch Talk, our second of the new year. All right, 52, 52. number two for the big 21. Exactly, and it seems like we need at least 200 uh, episodes in order to get our own Swatch collaboration like the guys over at Scottish Watches. We're on it, we're on it. I can, I'm I'm drawing up, uh, I'm doodling now. (laughs) <laughs> I really like the uh, I really like their Swatch one, but as you've warned me in the past, be be careful with my Swatch purchases because That's right. well, it's funny actually. This week there has been a massive release from Swatch. They released two more of the. There's a graffiti artist called Keith Haring. Do you know his work? Mm-hmm. It, uh, I've heard of him. It's like it. it basically outlines of people and there's also like an outline of a dog like an anapomorphic dog a dog right he's he's very famous in the 90s new york Mm, yes graffiti artist and you'll see him a lot unfortunately passed away in the mid 90s i think but Mm -hmm. you'll see his work used a lot anyway swatch did a very famous collaboration when he was still alive and if you've got that original set of watches i think the full set is worth about three thousand dollars because very few survived because they were swatches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're just made of that, like, plastic. But anyway, they released three this week Mickey ones. And they were... It was quite clever as Swatch because they made them boutique only. You couldn't buy them online. Okay. Um, Very Swatch Omega. Good. And I tell you what, the... I was in in Florida at the time. I'm back in California this week. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I was... I, I had like the number for the local swatch shop and I was like, should I go and get them? Should I go and buy them? And then I kept thinking <laughs> to myself. I mean, you do have, you're getting a bigger place in Florida. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they were the spare bedroom, the swatch museum. Right. In the swatch museum. Yes. Welcome to our, welcome to where the magic happens. I had in the to swatch resist. Museum. I had to resist. It, they, they look so cool, but I yeah. just had to resist. Uh, that's funny. Because I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, wear a swatch. Cool. I like I like them because of their, the art that's on them, but I wouldn't like normally wear a swatch, I don't think. Although they've got a military one, which looks pretty cool. Oh, God, I'm talking myself into it. Anyway, enough about that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How have you been, Chris? Is it is it in the cart now? Yeah, I'm pretty... Uh... <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm pretty good. Doing doing good. It was uh, we uh, we got out and uh, we we're helping helping the the uh, some friends move uh, in the way that you have them hire movers and and you just <laughs> try to stay safe during a pandemic. Uh, but other than that, uh, doing good. Oh, awesome. Well, um, let's kick it off with that's what should be my watch obsession, but it wasn't. But let's kick it off with the watch All obsessions. Right. Do you want to have a go first? Yeah, I was thinking about it. It's not. Um, I guess I've, I guess it's going to be a continuation obsession, but it is really uh, selling selling my watch, selling one of my watches, and I, I think it's the only thing I could really come up with for an obsession. And I want to kind of talk about it because we mentioned uh, forums in the past where you can sell watches, and and uh, this one kind of struck me. I looked into selling it on Chrono Twenty Four. This is my uh neo vintage bell and ross 144 gmt for those who follow me on instagram everyday mastery and have heard me talk about this obsessively 
Um, so I was, t- you had mentioned Chrono 24 yep. and how, and you had mentioned your sales in the past of how easy it was, how, you know, how you felt safe, etc. I went over to Chrono 24 and I had an account there to do my searches on other watch obsessions that I've done. I clicked on the cello watch. I had a handful of really good photographs that I set up to, to take on my um, setup here. I was then greeted with the, what is your birth date? And so I then gave them my internet birthday because I don't give people my real birthday. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, so start adding, adding um, details about your watch. I was like, okay, this, this is all, this is all good. So I added, you know, pictures and the description and that it was, you know, tested and this sort of thing. And it comes with these extra links, blah, blah, blah. I got that all sort of buttoned up and I hit next and it asked me for a, a lot more information. And I was like, okay. So it asked me again, name, address, phone number, date of birth again. Um, and then I clicked next and then it started to ask me about financial information. And I was like, okay, I get it because they have the escrow account mm-hmm. and they want to do a safe transfer directly in your checking account. I get this understood. And then I clicked next and it wanted me to upload a picture of my ID. I can't remember if I did that, you know, I might. Yeah. And again, I understand this is how they gain trust. (laughs) But uh, IT admin speaking, uh, if they have my name, my address, my date of birth, my ID and my financial information and god forbid any of that information got leaked in some sort of hack, you're you're done. Yeah. It's oh, like over. <laughs> you all of your financial information, I mean just it that no yeah no. That would be you everyone would be signing up for <laughs> alerts and getting alerts when accounts got opened in your name, these sorts of things. So I backed off and I, I guess this is maybe again, and I'll admit it, this is maybe the IT admin paranoia, but geez, that's a lot of, that's a lot of personal information to, to trust them with. Yeah. It, it's interesting, isn't it? Cause they could get hacked as easy as, I mean, if, you know, Experian or whatever it was could get hacked over here and. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. What I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have stuff in place. I mean, that this this is. I mean, I'll, I'll. You know, it's an SSL. So I mean, it's a secure certificate site. It's it's got all this the safety stuff on it. I totally understand. Uh but I'm just selling a watch privately. Yeah, I'm not. I if I was a dealer, and I had to like if I was a dealer and I had to give them my my EIN number as a dealer, no problem. That's that's no big deal. It's a company, you know, we have, we have protections against that. Um, you know, the, the, it, you're doing legitimate business and and I've had to do that as a, as a company when you're selling stuff, you know, okay, yeah, here's my, here's my EIN. Here's our, here's our business address. Here's our articles of incorporation. That's, that's completely normal. But to sell one, I was very like, 
am I going to use this again? Is this, is this something, am I, you know, am I the, am I going to be serial flipping $3,000 luxury watches? Yeah, I had to actually register for an EIN number to ship that Omega Speedmaster that I had. Right. Because they wouldn't let right. me ship it out of the country, which was just ridiculous. Like, if I'd known that, I would have had to have gone to that level. But it was already mm-hmm. at a UPS depot by yeah. that time. It was halfway. I yeah. just would have said, like, no international. Only sold to the US. Yeah, only US. Yeah. Um. So, again, this is my personal opinion. This is not, you know, this is not... The opinion of Sam's, but I, I just want to be clear. Uh, I'm I, there. There is safety there. Are they, I'm sure they are. They're vetted and safe, and I'm sure they have professionals and they have set it up to be as safe as possible. Uh, but it just it it just for me it just comes down to that amount of information in a bucket someplace is just too much of a risk for the one time. Yeah. Or two times that I might use their service. Now, I absolutely, on the flip side of that, I will say, uh, because they have had to, you know, because they've asked me for all that information, uh, now I feel way better about buying a watch on the site. Yeah. Because now I know that, like, well, what are you, what are you going to, you know, like, you've got all that information that, that confirmed, like, okay, this person is, the, you know, and all, company information and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, you know, purchasing on the site, that makes me feel a lot better. Uh, but yeah, selling for me. So that kind of kind of put a kibosh on it. And to make a long story short, I, I have a longstanding uh, eBay account with 100% uh, satisfaction going back, you know, 10, whatever, 12 years. Uh, so I just listed it on eBay and, and did what you said, said, Sam, which was just for US only. I'm just going to sell it in the United States. I'm going to wear, you know, it's a, it'll be more, it'll be, com- it's complex enough to worry about state and local taxes i'll stick with that versus some sort of export you know export import yeah deal yeah i shipped something this week for that goes to their ebay international hub thing which seems mm-hmm. to work okay but i wonder whether chrono 24 might be in some trouble with this ebay authenticate because i'm noticing that a lot more on watches I, yeah i've been flirting with the grand seikos again i think i was talking about this last week yeah but yeah I, well uh, to, to follow up on that, I, I, uh, I my watch uh, will qualify for that, so really? I'll tell you how that goes. Uh, so it's it's got the verification uh, logo on it and everything. So uh, from what I understand, when it gets sold, I'll be I'll receive a, a direction from eBay to send it to an independent dealer for authentication. Yeah, that that would so, be an interesting thing to document on the podcast. Yeah, so we'll have that to follow up with you guys, tell you how how, how that went. But uh, that's that's the obsession for this week. Yeah, I've been I've been still obsessing about Grand Seiko a bit as well. I, I've been looking on eBay. Some of them do a lot of them may, are maintaining their price. Some of the divers, mm-hmm. like you pointed out, especially the one that does look a lot like a turtle. After you said it, I started thinking about it. Um, <laughs> That one seems to be up and down in price as well. Mm-hmm. But my true watch obsession, I'm still liking the idea of that Formex. Formex did the a slightly smaller version of their Essence watch at 39 millimeters. Formex mm-hmm. is this one where <clears throat> it's got the sort of uh, suspended watch. It's got a you know a shock absorber built into the watch case. I just like mm-hmm. the look of it. I wish I could see one in person though, but honestly mm-hmm. with us with us moving from california to florida i've mm-hmm. had to really 
curb my enthusiasm about watches because furniture has been the the key and, That's and right. we were joking about this the other day i think it was a couple of podcast episodes where it was like we know about watches but we would go to youtube for other things like knives like we went to look for a decent knife and i had right. no idea what i was looking at like, yeah so. yeah that's right so you've always got yeah. to have that in the back of your mind when you're reviewing watches or talking about watches that some people it might be their first time they're like okay i know a lot about this subject right. but i don't know a lot about right watches yeah yeah just want i just want some professional just give me a professional advice and and send me on my way kind of thing yeah it's always good to do that like if you're first time joining us if you're the first time joining us on the Casual Watch Talk podcast, you should definitely check out the Facebook group. Absolutely. And uh, and also uh, realize that we're, you know, just casual about uh, cool watches and we're not really, <laughs> we're not, we're not too uh, wound up about it, which is what we, what we try to do here. Absolutely. I was also joking this week that um, I've been struggling to get YouTube content out consistently just with the move and things like that. Oh, but yeah. One of the videos that has done extremely well recently, and I think it's because of the pandemic, is I did one that was resizing an Invicta Pro Diver bracelet. Okay. And I tell you, I, I, I was joking with a, a friend of mine who's also a YouTuber, Ben from Ben's Watch Club. Shout out to him. Mm -hmm. I, I was saying that I could just make uh, Invicta content because it seems like... There is, there's like a lot of money, but I would never sell my soul to do that. I, I, I do the I do the channel as a hobby, not as a, a money maker. But right. you can certainly uh, do a plenty of Invicta videos. But anyway, enough about uh, that. Well, <laughs> I was just going to say, about what, one's, yeah, I have one small addition, which is if you, uh, if you looked at the number of those that had been sold... And you and and you were the kind of person that just went after that, and you just looked at the numbers of sold, like that you could just yeah. you know you could just dig that dig that gold mine all day, but you choose not to, which is good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was thinking though they they were a cracking deal on Black Friday though that Invicta Pro Diver. I think they were yeah. they were knocking them out at like seventy seventy five dollars, which for a mechanical watch it is definitely a Rolex homage. Like there's no way oh, about yeah. it, but but. There's a so there's one that has the same size crystal as the as a either the turtle or the SKX, and I definitely I picked one up when it was like it was like fifty nine dollars it was like sixty dollars uh, a couple of years ago, and I picked one up because it was like first of all uh, an NH thirty five is already fifty dollars, yeah. <laughs> so like so like if you buy or like forty eight dollars right, so you're like then you get the case the bracelet the the crystal the etc 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 and i was like oh i could just spend 60 bucks and get the whole thing <laughs> yeah well i bought that i had that invicta pro diver it's it went to uh somebody on the facebook groups a good friend of the show it went to him the eventually but it was funny because you could buy the role i bought rolex specific al al aluminium inserts for the bezel mm -hmm. and they work like they've measured they've oh, got the bezel nice. down so it was it would fit a rolex but that's great anyway that's enough great. about that okay. so well, well let's kick it off with some news and we'll have a, a discussion about the news um this was a story that that we've not talked about chris before this show but I, I, and i forgot to mention it to you mm -hmm. it's not really watch specific very loosely watch specific but have okay. you you know the brand the north face yes do you yes. know do you know who they've just done a collaboration with they've done an entire collaboration line it's not a watch company well uh, no. uh, yeah very loosely not a watch company okay okay no i haven't i haven't they've just <laughs> there's a whole range of the north face have done a collaboration with gucci 
Oh goodness! So like it, it's I, I meant to talk to you about it before because I was it, it kind of popped up. <laughs> I think it was on one like my watch feeds or something. And it was like Gucci watches, and it was uh, oh, a, what okay. a weird collaboration to do. So this is this is this is North Face with Gucci, but for a watch. No, for no, it's just North on Face their, gear their, with Gucci. Oh, on it. I see. Interesting. So like, but just as because they do what Gucci does do a watch, yeah, the fashion watch, which yeah. um, <laughs> it make it loosely brings me on to the next story as well, talking about sort of fashionish brands. But it seems like the boss who was heading up for Richemont Group, Mont Blanc, mm-hmm. has has moved on after five years, and they've replaced oh. it with another gentleman who owns his own watch company he used to head up uh he used to be on the the vice president of sales for carl f Bookerer, but he's okay. actually owns a watch company called cyrus watches which i'd never heard of before apparently it was created in 2010 but he's hmm. taken over from mont blanc and watch pro talks about it but it doesn't really allude to why and and i'm wondering whether it's because mont blanc's it, it it doesn't have like a standout model, does it? It doesn't have that like go to model that you think, oh, that is definitely yeah. Mont Blanc. They definitely seem yeah. to have been struggling. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about Mont Blanc watches. Yeah, I, I, I they are in the uh, couple of the they're in the couple of the Swiss watch gallery that's uh, in the local mall, and they are in they're carried by some others uh, in other malls, and I and I've seen them before. But you're you're abs- you're absolutely right. I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't think of their a quintessential model that they sort of built the brand around. Um, and whenever I see them, I'm like, "Oh, the pens." And so, you know, in in that way, a long time ago, or maybe even to this day, Cartier is known as you know, uh, their for their watches, the Cartier Tank. But at one point, it's their jewelry that was really more you know more than their watches yeah. so um yeah i i uh, i know i do not know more than that so i wonder if this will mean that there's going to be some more innovation because i've just looked up that cyrus watch company actually they're quite out there they're mm-hmm. quite unique looking watches so i wonder whether he'll bring a flavor of that to mont blanc because they're, they're legit i mean they bought i, f- I always remember forget this company they bought a swiss watch maker so they they bought a Swiss watchmaker and then have the watches made there and branded mm-hmm. as Mont Blanc. So they're they're legit. They're not. It's not like the aforementioned Gucci or any of that rubbish where they're just knocking these Chinese watches right. out and yeah. fucking throwing their name on it. Yeah, they, they are yeah. a legit thing. So I wonder whether we'll start seeing something decent coming out of uh, Mont Blanc or something. Not not necessarily decent, but something distinctive. Cause something distinctive. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I'm looking right now on their site. They're uh... Their legacy, their star legacy series, uh, very, very uh, handsome dress watch with, you know, white dial, moon phase, blue hands, blued hands kind of thing for for a decent price for a, the luxury mechanical Swiss watch for $2,600. That's on their website. That seems three-hander with the date. Seems seems completely reasonable. But yeah, I think that's kind of their, their challenge is to... Uh, break out into maybe some some piece that they're known for interesting yeah well and then next story is watch pro did a very interesting interview with ben from hodinky it was very well done but 
you've got to go on to watch pro to look at it just for the photo that's at the top of the article this is the photo this is a perfect photo of somebody that's just sat there like yeah i'm making you pay a lot for for uh, <laughs> limited edition watches it's it's this uh, i might call it a smug charm uh about oh, it and goodness. i mean of course i'm only jealous that that uh, right? was uh, worth so much and it's uh, you i know that you could that you could grab anything and post it online and make so much as much money you could grab any 40 dollar casio watch and make that much money exactly so he's got like <laughs> you, you noticed it didn't you? he's got a shirt like a jumper on a sports coat and a little pocket square there right right and, yes his uh yeah his inheritance is safe <laughs> yeah so it's it's very it's a pretty interesting article actually um they've mm. they They've interviewed him, and it's amazing that Hodinky only started in two thousand and eight. Yeah, and that's okay. like I mean, yesterday. I feel, eh, I feel like that's sort of when it, you know, I mean, for as much as for as much as they are uh, innovative and 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 certainly driving the driving the um, the hobby, if you will. Uh, it's a, it's definitely a, you know right place at right time. I mean, I'm sure you know whoever. If you started a company, you know, two two years after uh, vinyl records started to become collectible and listened to again, yeah, I'm sure you'd you know I'm sure you'd benefit from that from that bounce, um, and and you know right you know also rightful. I mean they you know they they put a lot of work into it, um, so. And he says that one of the interesting things is he says that they've always been profitable from like day one. They've been profitable. So it, yeah, I imagine yeah. it was because I remember day one, it must have been advertising on the site or advertorials that they were doing because they were only selling sort of pre-owned watches, weren't they? Like their unique finds. And I always wondered how they could get away with, you know, they, they were obviously tripling or quadrupling their money that they were buying these watches for. I think just because the photographs were so good and they they had a little yeah. story about each of the watches yep. as well, which added to the provenance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think right. I think if they, yeah, it, I think right. Their medium there to, uh, and I hear a little bit of this, uh, you know, when Federico talks about watch dealers and sort of like the inside of the the watch trade. You know, you 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 think about like you know who's get who's getting a hold of these you know vintage whatever. But you know, I think they I think they were. They were getting a hold of them through, you know, uh, the, a wholesale dealer yeah. uh, at wholesale prices and then absolutely marketing the hell out of them, which is their right to do. And they did well um, to build a story around them because I, you know, I think I think they nailed it. I think they they understand that, like, there are there are the this is a an emotionally attached thing that there are stories around that yeah. that they can, you know. They can they can build that up, um, and then sell them for uh, a decent profit, and so good for them. Yeah, absolutely, and th- definitely when you're talking about luxury watches, which is you know basically anything over a fifteen dollar Casio, that is de- the story is definitely part of it, isn't it? For sure. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think the so. Majority of I it. Think so. Well, anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of stories, uh, we'd mm. be remiss if we didn't talk about it. Of course, the new omega speedmaster has been released was that uh sam was that the watch they wore on the moon i'm sorry sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, can't, I can't i almost made it <laughs> the uh the the new 3861 moon watch which has got the new caliber 3861 movement mm. in it which is a, a coaxial movement anti-magnetic it's a significant 
movement yeah. upgrade. The, the watch itself doesn't look cosmetically different, um, except mm-hmm. the new bracelet. Of course, it's got a very distinctive new bracelet, but they're knocking this bad boy out at like 6300 So, I yeah. mean, that's at least a $1,000 increase for, on... Yeah, but for everyone I've heard say, like, go ahead and ask. Go ahead and ask for your... Go ahead and ask for a discount. Go ahead and do that. You you can't do that at every dealership, but <laughs> AD, but maybe you can... Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're sold out on Omega's website. Like, oh, okay. So I don't know. Um, they're offering... Yeah. They offer it also cheaper if you get it on a like a fabric strap, but why would you... Um, no, yeah, no. I I like the new bracelet. Looks good. Reminds me of the X thirty three. Yes. Which which uh, which other watch obsession? I saw I saw one go for I think twenty eight hundred, but it was very scratched up. It was super scratched. It was like I was like I was like holy crap twenty eight hundred dollars. Clicked on it. And I was like oof oof. You drag that across a chain link fence. Oh yeah. It was, <laughs> it was all those was ones rough. that have been in motorbike accidents that you sometimes oh, see those. Watches. Right. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't that bad, but it was definitely like. Under a 10x loop, it looked like it was under. It was had a motorcycle accident, but uh, I like the like I said. I, so I like the bracelet. Um, I I had not seen the white dial, and I just saw the white dial for the first time today. I think that looks pretty sharp. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Do you know what I can't work out as well? On oh, so it's six thousand three hundred with a Hesselite glass, but the okay. sapphire is seven thousand. Oof, one hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Wow. I see that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. What? What? Wow. So for what a we sapphire we, upgraded we, crystal. So what? What could you buy for seven thousand one hundred fifty dollars? I think we did that podcast. <laughs> we did last one. Yeah, with the uh, yeah, Daytonas. Right. But yeah, you're totally oh, right. Yeah. Wowzers. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's that doesn't sit very comfortably with me. That. Because that yeah. crystal, oh, it's got. I mean, it's got a sapphire. Okay, it's got a sapphire on the back. You can see the yep. movement, so it's similar to how mine looked. Um, right. But yeah. All right. So you're so you're paying. All right. I mean, you know, it's uh. Well, it now wait. Also, though, that's the different movement, though. So so the three. Okay. Okay. So the three eight six one steel with the closed face back is $6,300 with the Hesalite crystal with the open case back with the Sapphire sandwich, $7,150. So at first I was thinking they were charging $2,000 for Sapphire in when in fact they are charging 100, uh, excuse me, uh, $1,150 for Sapphire. (laughs) That's weird that, Uh, isn't it? Because I mean, those Sapphires are, you know, they're nowhere near that expensive right yeah i hmm. i wouldn't get one i can't i mean i'm not a i'm not a moonwatch purist i cannot get the i couldn't get a i can't get the plastic yeah. the light. i can't get the it had i mean i understand i get it i understand it from an engineering standpoint but um you know it's it's one of those things that yeah i know i would i would feel bad when i ruined it yeah, I just or I or I'd be or I'd be out with a buffer and a polishing wheel, making that thing spotless all the time, and it would frustrate me. Yeah, <laughs> so. I know. And we've 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 talked about this countless times on the show before. the 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 Speedmaster Moonwatch is the Moonwatch because it was an affordable luxury watch that could take a beating. It wasn't mm-hmm. the Moonwatch because one day it was going to be knocked out at you know over seven grand. I mean, NASA would never have paid seven grand a piece for yeah. 
yeah. for a watch. Yeah, I'm surprised that they. I mean, I looked into it. I'm surprised that they still, um, you know, for for new astronauts, um, I th- I think it's a wholesale price that's basically half. It's like a fifty percent price of whatever this is for astronauts. I wonder if this is going to be still true for the new, for the new models. But, but, yeah, I yeah. I mean, if you go back into the you know sixties, early seventies, that's right. We we kind of know we've. It's the same story that we have for mili- you know the early military watches that mm-hmm. Hamilton was you know was costing cost them approximately twenty three dollars to make, <laughs> and so and so uh, you know. And such, they were purchased by the military because they, you know, they needed accurate watches. They need they needed a a model for this. So, yeah, they are. There's a big uh, there's a big premium there on on the first watch on the moon for sure, which I I get, uh, but also I definitely want to say what else I could get for seventy one fifty. I would go. I'd go find something. I'd go find something decently in good shape. Uh, if I really wanted a Speedmaster, I'd go find something that was in a de- decent shape, used. Uh, that was that was something striking to me, something that I liked. Like maybe you, you could find. Yeah, I mean, but it, but. my uh, I, I would encourage people to actually look for because I paid eight hundred dollars to get mine serviced, and mm. it came back like it was brand new. So yeah. if you and, and I, mine was really beaten up right because i'd worn yeah. it for, for however many years yeah, you had yeah you you sent 800 dollars, and and yes that's not a small chunk of change but but if you look at what they did I mean, they, you had they did hands they did they yeah. did a whole bunch of parts hard parts exactly and and they got it working within a four second variance um oh, great. which yeah. so yeah i mean that that's something that surprised me actually that you could you know you could get a fairly beaten up Speedmaster. Yeah, that's and... actually yeah, that's a, might be a good that might be a good tip, you know. You get yeah, you might go on eBay. To, yeah. Yeah, find a beaten up one, knowing it put a thousand bucks in the back of your mind. You know. Put put a thousand dollars in the back of your mind. Find one that's got some, you know, some scratches and has been knocked around a little bit, whatever, but mechanically working. And then just buy it and then send it to Omega. And then your your, you know, twenty two hundred dollar watch that you bought, you know, at a, on a deal on eBay. Or, uh, you know, may, you know, t- comes back and is is now probably worth more than than what you paid for it. Exactly. Well, let's um pause for a very quick ad break, and then when we come back, I'm going to take a few deep breaths because I'm definitely going to be having a rant about a very popular watch brand and a very popular uh, watch, <laughs> uh, a very popular film that's just come out. So we'll just pause for a very quick ad break. Hey, it's Chris from the Casual Watch Talk Podcast. As our longtime listeners know, we often talk about cars here on the pod, and that's no coincidence. Like a lot of mechanical watch lovers, we're both into cars and racing. A couple years ago, I curated a collection of automotive-inspired straps and started the Camping Auto Club. Camping Auto Club watch straps celebrate the rich history of automotive liveries with their inspired colors. Available in a single-pass NATO, two-piece, and our new super-comfy elastic NATO, check out Camping Auto Club on the web. That's championship in Italian, C-A-M-P-I-O, N-A-T-O dot club. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. So as promised before the ad break, I do have a little bit of a rant that I wanted to go through. But Chris, first off, have you seen uh, this is what this is this rant's going to be about. Have you seen the (laughs) new Tenant film? I have not seen the film. 
So I watched it on a couple of little caveats here. I watched it on the plane when I was flying to Florida the other day. So I watched it on an iPad. Um, it's very visual film. It's the the story is one of those where it's quite complex the idea of the story, but they do explain it where it's fairly straightforward. Um, without giving too much of a way away, it's. It's pitched as a time travel film, but it isn't Mm. really a time travel film. It's got a very interesting uh, premise to it where... Mm -hmm. So you you have to watch it. I was going in there thinking it was a a Men in Black type of thing where... uh, But this is a a Christopher Nolan film directed. So, of course, (laughs) with all Christopher Nolan films, we get a Hamilton watch. And this is what the rant is about. So they have... The watch in the film is the below zero watch. Now, we've seen this in films before. This was the watch that was in The Martian as well. Is it is it the one-to-one, the below zero? It is, it is like the same watch? Or is it very similar? It's. I, I'm sure it's a one-to-one. I mean, if not, they are very, very similar. It's got that distinctive sort of four hexagonal screws. In fact, it looks more like a G-Shock than it does a Hamilton if G-Shock just made a pure oh, analog yeah, it's, watch. Nope. I just pulled them up side by side. Yep, that's the same watch. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. I don't actually. If you're looking at the Martian one, does that have the distinctive zero at the top instead of twelve? Yep. Yeah. So yep, zero uh, on top, and then the same. Uh, I it looks like the same. Yeah, it looks like the same screws around it. I really uh, the Martian has the date. Right. Okay. So this doesn't have the date, and and this is this is the thing that's annoying about so. You can, I think, in the trailer you can see this watch. There's certainly photographs online, but in the watch, because time is the whole film is based on time. So mm-hmm. the actual build up to you seeing the watch as a watch fan, you're like, oh my god, this is going to be amazing. This watch because it's the whole film is based on time. Anyway, they mm-hmm. he gets given this blow zero watch, and in fact, it's not just him. There is many I, I won't give away too much of the plot but there's a few of a few people that wear this like a version of this watch it's not just like similar to like interstellar wear or the murph watch was just like one-off watch and, i see um, right it's the, like the so this is like the team yes you i didn't see the movie but this just is like, their yeah. team that wears this right. watch anyway yeah the d- thing that makes it distinctive about it in the film is it ha- has a digital two digital displays along the center so it's out like my Breitling B1 that has the Annie Digi. Mm-hmm. And there and it's very distinctive. And in fact, it's so the watch is so integral to the film. The analog mm-hmm. digital part is so integral to the film that the fact that they've not made the watch like the film watch, they might as well have just not bothered. Because oh. the they've released it just in a mechanical version. They've just rebranded the Martian watch, called it the Tenant watch. Obviously, like you mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. took the date off it. But mm-hmm. the fact that it doesn't have this analog digital display, they might as well have not done it because that analog digital display, it's not just a, a, a watch that like flashes up on the screen or it's, it's, it's always seen. It actually has a real function to the narrative of the film. And it's mm-hmm. not just like the Murph watch where... It, it was narrative important, but it was only shown once. I mean, this watch mm-hmm. for the the 
third act of this film, this watch is like a significant, a significant part of the film. Yeah. And I just can't understand why they didn't make make it the way it was. I, I'm like really disappointed that they didn't do it just because it's so important to the film, this watch and the way that it has the analog digital. So I'll, Yeah, I'm look I'm I'm looking. There's some there is some super close up pictures of the uh of the prop watch and how it was built and i'm looking at a super close up and i'm and so if they and this is you know my my watch making speculation if they had a, an lcd crystal with a hole in it which that's that's completely doable. Mm-hmm. Round 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 liquid crystal display with a hole in it for the hands, okay? And then they did a blue or red backlight. So they did an inverse display like your yeah. your you know blacked out G-Shock. Um and they had a a blue or red backlight. You you that's how you get this effect. And it doesn't seem I mean I feel like Hamilton. You could have built a quartz, and it would and would have been everyone would have loved you. I don't. I would have. You know. I think it's would have been super cool. And, and, but I, did they stick with the mechanical? Yep, they stuck with the mechanical. So they, yeah, you, you're totally okay. right. And there's also yeah. that trend for putting those bright red LED watches, isn't there? Like Yemma's just done one, which I'm, I can't say that they pulled off very well. But Hamilton, right. Hamilton did that one, that pulsar. So they've got mm-hmm. like the technology there. Um, also, mm-hmm. um, who else did it as well? Boulevard did their Computertron watch. Mm-hmm. So that mm-hmm. that fashion for having that LCD display that's almost like a vivid LED, like a vivid red LED. Right. Um, or there's also, a, and I try not to give away too much of the plot here, but there's also like a blue one where it would be blue as well. It would mm-hmm. it would fl- it would flash blue. Yeah, yeah. It looks awesome in the film. Like I was straight away I was like, "Oh my god, if this is a real thing, I would have to actually get that <laughs> I watch. have to have it." Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's too bad. I'm 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 uh there's a there's a bunch there's a bunch of articles uh on how they did it. I'm looking at the the actual prop. It looks like it was it was built by a a separate company that did the prop. And it sort of requires an, some additional power um, in order to do it. Very similar to it looks. It looks to me very similar to. Um, do you know? Um, you know the stopwatches in Back to the Future. So the so they had uh, I think it was a, a Seiko and a. I'll be crucified for this on my nerd my nerd podcast but uh uh they had two i i think one of them was the seiko but a two or a you know two um stopwatches that were just your basic um you know black and white you know regular lcd stopwatches and the prop makers had gone in and actually changed them to be red leds in order so that you know, he can hold up the two watches and, and and do the very famous, you know, Einstein's watches exactly five minutes behind mine is still ticking. Um, that scene, there's a, there's a set of props that did that. So it looks very similar in the same way where they kind of gutted the watch. They gutted the stopwatch, if you will, and then and then put the display in. 
Yeah, because the hands of the watch, I mean, first of all, you can't bloody see them because the hands are black and the watch is black and the numbers are in grey. <laughs> I mean, this right. thing, you know, it's you, you can't see it anyway, but the the fact that the red countdown timer is so vivid on the watch it completes mm-hmm. the look of the watch because you're like okay well i could maybe get away with not being able to see the watch hands properly if i had the time and then maybe the date at the top on this lcd and you could even do it where it was maybe button activated if there was a battery concern or like mm-hmm. you said your way with doing the um inverse lcd display instead of led but it was a they could have worked it out is what 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 the point of it is yeah I feel, right right i feel like the technology was on the table and you know uh, hamilton you're they're so good with their they're so good with their props and you know i feel like with the murph watch they did, they came out with the first one uh and the pilot watch that they did for that movie Right. And everybody wanted the Murph watch and they were just they they were just at like nonstop. They kind of hammered Hamilton and they're just like, you have to make the Murph. You have to make the Murph. And to their credit, they made it, but they made it one to one. And and it's a movie. It's a movie that one of the characters is that watch. So the thing's like 42 millimeters. So everyone's like at all mad that it was huge. And you're like, well, it doesn't look huge in the movie. And you're like, right, but it's a, but they made it the prop. And then here you have the opposite problem where they're like, you need to make you need to make this watch exactly like the prop. And they're like, we can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely it would definitely be. Yeah, to your point, it would definitely be more technically difficult to make this right. watch a reality. It's not like... Um, they could just make the case and throw the standard ETA in like they did with the watch. But it just, yeah. um, it's it's a shame because it, there was almost a point of they should have just left it as a prop watch instead of like trying to cash in and rebrand in. Oh, the, yeah, um, right. The, Over something that they could never. It, because the, the yeah. LCD, you know, the, the um, LED display on these watches is so integral to the film. Right. That it's not right. just a it's not just a side character or it's it's similar to that um that uh, kind of the Seiko that they had in Commando where they basically like gutted the Seiko Arnie and put like a weird like countdown display on it. It, it looks like no Seiko that was ever made. Right. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah I mean that's yeah. an integral part of the film, isn't it? Because he's watching yeah. the countdown all the time and it's similar to yeah. So you'll have to watch Ten and it's definitely worth a watch. In fact. I was watching a review where they say, actually, you've got to watch it a couple of times because there's other things that will come to fruition in it. Yeah. And th- and there'll be a, right, there'll be a Christopher Nolan, like, story inside the story kind of thing going on for sure. Yeah. It- it's so. definitely an interesting film. It didn't blow me away. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Interstellar, where I liked watching Interstellar, but it's not one I would probably watch a second time, whereas Tenant, I probably would watch it again. And, I see. And... Uh, but he uses time like in inception and things like that as mm-hmm. well so yeah. that's how yeah. how integral the, the the watch is to that so that was my little rant was it was a shame to have a hamilton in a movie and then not really make the watch not really make the watch yeah yep and and yeah i think i think the technology is available i just i think they would have to put some r&d into it and <laughs> be They'd have to really put some money into it. And I don't know if corporate was ready to sign off on that one. Uh, so instead, they went with uh, red or blue tipped hands. Yeah. So, and it's, it's, kind of it's not right there. if you've seen the film. And it's um, 
But they've been hyping this film. It's not like it was a, a flute under the radar, was it? This was the only film. Was it one of the only films to be released in the cinema or something with the pandemic? It was. It, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, something like that. I mean, I feel I feel like it either it either not. I don't want to say benefited from, but I mean, sort of like a, the fact that nothing else was out. And then the fact that it was the only thing out. It, it's a certainly had its share i mean i i saw posters and stuff for it everywhere um, yeah. so it certainly had a share of advertising well they had um i watched another i don't know if you've seen have you seen the new wonder woman yet the wonder woman i, I have not based on recommendations it's just it's just <laughs> awful it is just okay. awful honestly it's like oh, goodness. It's, they basically forgot that they made an awesome first one i think and then right they tried, but the first one was awesome i definitely agree yeah but, but yeah. the uh, the oh. the if you want the movie watch from that then it's just the steel casio uh you know the uh you know the, the um the 40 dollar standard oh, perfect standard casio. Yeah. So if you want that and then yeah. also uh, they've got um the guy's original world war one watch which was like a pocket watch but he had the strap that made it a watch strap so she's still see. she's still holding on to that, but the rest of the film is like, it was like, <laughs> what? Who's who, whose day off was it that they wrote the film the way that they did? Because oh, it just geez. doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't do the character justice. Or anyway, um, well, that's all I had for this week, Chris. Did you have anything you wanted to talk or any little rants you had about? I don't watches? know. Yeah, I just opened the floor. Uh, no, the last thing I wanted to mention was uh, I. I just as a quick update before we go, uh, I think I fixed the Walbrook. So I, Sam and I had a quick conversation after the pod last time, um, and I I kind of got convinced that maybe it was magnetized, and so then I went over and checked it with a, uh, a compass. I've got a Boy Scout crystal liquid crystal compass that I've uh, <laughs> I've had forever that uh, does a better job than putting a phone over it although the phone app's kind of pretty good but i'm also frightened about like all the magnets and stuff that are in phones anyway uh so yeah it looked like it was magnetized hit it with a demagnetizer one of those like 19 dollars ones you can get on amazon um I, there has to be five different how to demagnetize a watch uh youtube you know so it basically followed those instructions to slowly pull the watch away from the uh demagnetizer while it's running a couple of times in a couple of different directions threw it on the time grapher zeroed out yeah it's amazing sent, isn't it i said sam i sent sam a text about 15 minutes later with a thing just that just running dial up at zero i was like okay i'm like don't put the quartz in it don't listen to me if i ever tell you to mod <laughs> right, one of my watches right. again I wave off wave off yeah, and then I asked like if you had like had an MRI recently, <laughs> or, or or what kind of crazy uh, you know uh, electromagnetic disturbances you know have been yeah I think working for some military contract. <laughs> well, exactly. I think I just and, and Chris um, TJ was telling me that he magnetizes his stove all the time just off iPads and his phone and stuff like that. So I can right. only think it was something like that. But I'm definitely going to buy a demagnetizer now because I'd never mm -hmm. really. I don't know whether it, before I'd bought one similar to your one and I could never mm -hmm. get it to work because you don't know that it's worked unless you've got a time grapher, do you really? I think you're right. Never... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, and, and to your credit, I, I feel like it's one of those things that 
you know, first comes up in, you know, my watch is doing X, my mechanical watch is doing X and I'm worried about it. It's always like the third post is all, oh, you magnetize it. And you're like, right, but it can't be the answer to everything. So, you know, I took it with a grain of salt, like maybe it's magnetized, but I don't know. We'll find out. (laughs) And that's the only real way to like directly check is, is see that it's running like crap on a time grapher, demagnetize it, put it back on the time grapher, see it zero out. You're like, okay, that's what it was. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? That's maybe one thing that new collectors of mechanical watches don't realize about the yeah. magnetization of watches. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think people, it's, <laughs> uh, it's very similar to waterproof. It's people... There are people that will worry about it too much, but it's definitely something to worry about. Like you gotta, you got, if you have a, I mean, I have a winter jacket that has a lot of the magnet snaps on it, and I and I think to myself like, oh, what watch was I wearing when I when I had the winter jacket on? I was like, oosh. So yeah, second guess, definitely keep it in the back of your mind. But uh, but yeah, for new for new watch folks, um, yeah, if, if all of a sudden the thing starts losing you know, 45, uh, 45 seconds a day. And, or, or if it's just, or if it's just, um, not consistent. And the other thing that I would try if your watch is not consistent sometimes, and this movement I noticed as well, um, it, it, you, it takes a good, if your watch is partially wound so that let's say it's, uh, you know, five wines out of a possible 70, right? If if you're in that state, that low spring state, I've seen watches act absolutely weird up, down, back and forth, you know, like rotate it, turn it sideways on the time grapher, dial up, dial down. It'll be like plus 15, minus seven. I'll turn it over. It'll be minus four. It'll be plus seven. I'm just all over the place. Is that because of the torque on the... Yeah, it's, yeah, it's because it's just there's just not enough tension on the spring to keep the thing running accurately. And so, so what I say is give it a full wind. So on most watches, I mean, put at least 20 thumb turns into it. Um, you know, it's a, if it's an automatic watch, you can't overwind an automatic watch because it has a clutch in it. Um, you don't want to be winding an automatic watch obsessively, but put 20 or 30 winds into it and then, and then wear it and see if it's, if it keeps better time. Because it might just be with our sedentary lifestyle these days, which uh, I, my wife actually had her stova the other day that was <laughs> that just stopped and it was basically on her wrist. And I was like, well, what did you do today? And she's like, uh, I was at my desk. And then, uh, yeah, I went out and made some lunch. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, well, that's not clearly not enough activity to keep, a, keep it wound. And so if it's in that low state, even just a little, you know, a little bit of r- movement is not enough to actually keep it running. So some good, some good last, last minute New Year watch advice. Words, Chris's final words. Right. That's right. Awesome. Well, as always, we really appreciate you listening and we'll see you all next time on Casual Watch Talk. Thanks, guys. Bye.